Is it a solid snake simulation? Or is it the selection for societal sanity? This week on It's So Bad, we're talking about Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Welcome, Chris. Michael, hello. Welcome, Steve. You're back. Hello, Mike. Hello, Chris. We are on to the second of the Metal Gear Solid games, the Sons of Liberty, or it's just Sons of Liberty. Um, And yes, we're talking about that on the podcast today. So you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. You can follow us on Twitter at It's So Bad Pod. Email us at, or It's So Bad Pod at gmail.com is the email address. We are adding Metal Gear Solid 2 to our endless list this week, which is our list of 112 games currently. Goes from Super Mario 64 all the way down to Home Alone for the Sega Genesis. This is our 113th entry. Last week we added Muramasa the Demon Blade, and this week we're adding a pretty solid game. I don't know if it's a top tier game on this list, but it's it'll it'll is uh it's pre- it's pretty good. It's one of the original ps2 like defining games um this game metal gear solid 2 came out in 2001 from konami computer entertainment japan um also published by konami directed produced and designed by the one and only hideo kojima um and this came out at the time period when it was like the year after the ps2 came out and everybody was waiting for the big games to roll out um, so, like, 2001 saw GTA 3 come out, Devil May Cry came out, Final Fantasy X came out, Onimusha came out, Ico came out, Twisted Metal Black, which I was excited for back in the day, and... Ooh, yeah, Twisted Metal Black, that was a, that was a sweet game. I loved Twisted Metal back in the day. Back in my... I had PlayStation original, the original PlayStation, and I had PlayStation 2, so there was a time when I was playing those those early PlayStation games, and yeah, that was a great one. I almost, uh, not to do and this was too the much first inside baseball, but I always thought the, uh, the game you were going to tease uh, off uh, Mike prior to we started recording was actually going to be a Twisted Metal game, so... But that's a little inside baseball. <laughs> was that was that your uh, your guess? Uh, it wasn't until you started to say that you bought a PS One Classic on your PS Three. Then I was like, oh god, it's going to be like Twisted Metal or Twisted Metal Two or something like that. <laughs> well, we, would, can make, that actually... we can make Twisted Metal happen. Let's do that. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad bad game. It's pretty easy. Yeah, game. I don't know if you guys. But yeah, have, so this uh, game came out that recently. It doesn't hold up too well. But anyway. No, no. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy to trash it if that's what we have to do. <laughs> so this game is like known as one of the most hyped games of all time. It came out, um, you know, as I said, it was like the first like true leap to the next generation. And it took a, it was the first game that really took advantage of the PS2's hardware um, at the time. Besides Final Fantasy X, which I think came out before this. But yeah, I mean, it was packaged. They had a demo of this packaged in Zone of Ender, Zone of the Enders, and it was Zone. Of, it was the only reason why Zone of the Enders really sold, which is another game that's on our list. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I remember buying Zone of the Enders specifically just to play the demo because that's how hyped it was. Like they had showed the trailer for it with Snake um, jumping off the bridge over the Hudson River and landing like the Terminator Two pose. And it was like, oh my god, this is like the coolest fucking shit. 
but what is did you guys play this game back in the day i played this game back in the day yeah i think i probably missed it by like a year or so because i remember by the time i played it there was like a ton of hype around i mean there was hype out before for this game before it came out and when it came out but i feel like i i played it like a year later so like 2002 or so and i had never played the original metal gear solid either so i was kind of going in just based on what i saw in the marketing just like okay here's this cool guy there's this cool box art he's got a headband he kind of looks like uh the guy from escape from new york cool this <laughs> this seems pretty sweet um and i got in and this and i think i was like 13 at the time when i played this so i was in middle school and this game blew my mind and like so much of it not having played the first game too was me trying to like piece together what had happened because they always refer to like shadow moses and all these characters and liquid snake and i was like i don't know who any of these guys are (laughs) and this game is is confusing as all hell so i was like just it was like a puzzle that i was just trying to piece together the whole time when i was like you know 13 years old on my like 10 inch screen in my bedroom uh well, it's also known as one of the most convoluted storylines in the history of video games. So Yeah, that that's apparent as you play it, even <laughs> when you're 13. Yeah, I mean, so they originally started to write the script like two months after MGS1 shipped, which was 98, right? Um, and then they had, uh, they, they, were, they brought on a lot of people to flesh out the game. Um, I guess one of the things they did during the development was they gave everybody who worked on the game notebooks and they had them write down ideas. And if it was a good idea and they discussed it, then they made like a mock-up of it in the game and see if it played fun. And that's how they got some of like the concepts um, in this game, like the freezing of the bombs and the room with the, the factory where there's like boxes moving around that you can hide behind. So that's interesting i feel like i had heard something similar because like there are like vr missions referenced too and i feel like i had heard something that like some of the concepts that didn't make it into the main game they like made the vr training missions on the side too with like different scenarios based on some of those notes too yeah so the original game too in japan it shipped with vr missions uh but in the u.s it came is vr missions came out as like a standalone game which was like you just doing dumb shit that it helped you understand how to play the game a little bit more, but it was which, like its own standalone game in the U.S. Which was basically how I played the game at the time. I was just like, like we were talking earlier about like the the big shell levels, and I was like, this actually was pretty a pretty quick part of the game to get through. Like the game's not that long, but right. I feel like when I played it when I was thirteen, I just spent hours and hours dicking around in different rooms, being like, how do I mess with this guard? How do I move this thing over here? Can I get up here? Can I jump off yeah. this? So I probably spent like an extra like I don't know six or seven hours just goofing around in parts of this game so this game is like it doesn't really have it doesn't have a physics engine but they added like a ton of cool details of shit you can do like for example um the surfaces you walk on depending upon if it's metal or like a carpet it'll the range which enemies will hear you changes um if you if like run on bird shit then you slip and fall like you walked on a banana peel there's like um, you can sneak up in guards and stick stick them up, and they can wet their pants if you stick them up with a gun. Oh, I loved doing that. Just like come up right behind them, freeze! I'm like, oh god, I'm so sorry. Don't don't yeah. shoot me. Did that like a hundred times. <laughs> you can also shoot out the radios too, so they can't call on backups, which is something that wasn't in the first game i I remember discovering that as a kid like by accident because you could kind of do like a blind fire mode around the corners and just happening to hit him in that and saw it spark out and saw him try to do it and i was like whoa this game's going places (laughs) they've got some they've got some detail baked in here yeah but i mean even like there's like bottles and like fruit and bags of flowers that you can shoot that explode and like enemies can hear that 
or like if you shoot a bag of flour, like the flour seeps out of the bag, which was like crazy at the time. There was tarps. There were tarps sometimes that flail, which is like a thing that they did on the PS2 that they couldn't do on the PS1. And if you shoot out the tarp, the tarp goes away and it like flies off in the wind. Um, there's a lot of like really, really cool details in this game that makes this game like a much more immersive experience um, than any game at the time really was. And also it looks great. Like it looks phenomenal. Even still today with the old graphics, I think it looks fantastic. I was uh, watching a video prior to, uh, to this because I barely played the game. But uh, while I was watching the videos, it was actually like interesting that, um, that even as this game later got not too much later got ported to like the Xbox and then, um, you know, the PC, like things just should be like much more powerful platforms that it lost like a lot of like graphical fidelity and like a lot, like it was just so optimized, like for like how the PS2 was, was built and how people were designing games. It was, uh, it was, it it was kind of interesting that like the videos I was, comparison videos I was watching were all kind of coming back to like, still probably the best way to play this is probably to play it like on a CRT, like on your PS2 to, to maintain the most graphical and uh, effects fidelity, which I thought was kind of wild. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things that I was reading about in this game, so um, obviously, if you play through this game, you know that Hideo Kojima is like a big fan of Hollywood action movies. Like, he, the guy fucking loves Hollywood American style movies. He, um, in, in creating this game, he approached the, uh, composer for the rock, the replacement killers and enemy of the state to come on board and compose the music for this. His name is Harry Gregson Williams. So he, who's the guy that provided the soundtrack for this, which I thought was super interesting to get like a Western film composer to join a uh, Japanese developed game, which at the time was probably very different. That's pretty cool. I mean, then, yeah, that's like baked into the plot too. Like they reference people growing up on American Hollywood action movies in this plot. It's like how they create super soldiers. Um, and yeah, it's just so apparent. Like Snake, his his code name is Pliskin. It's like Snake Pliskin. Oh, okay. Like I get it, Hideo, uh, Kojima. That's what you're going for here. Well, um, I mean, originally Snake was named after Snake Pliskin in the right. the original game. So right. But even even when I was like 13 and I didn't knew nothing about the original games, I was like, okay, I see. Like yeah. this, this this is baked in here too. And it has. I mean, the first game has that too. It has a lot of those like kind of Hollywood action movie villain tropes and yeah it's cool it's cool how they do that and then how they like end up kind of subverting a lot of that through the course of this game too with the convoluted plot that we have yet to get to yeah i mean i was trying to write down all the influences movie influences so and i was just like looking up details and like trying to understand it so (laughs) i'm gonna go through a little bit of them so the rock is a big one i think because it came around out around the same time period um, with the like soldiers taking over a uh, area like a tanker and stuff like the tanker mission um, there is the escape from new york escape from la are, are obviously big influences on this the uh, bomb disposal expert expert is basically danny glover from lethal weapon 100 percent. yeah he's too old for this shit <laughs> yeah i think he even says that at one point pretty pretty sure he does yeah um so uh i don't know if you caught this but the protagonist name raiden is uh his name's jack and his lover is named rose and you know it came out a couple years before this movie or this game wow that's not even an action movie (laughs) unless you're a big fan of icebergs carnage (laughs) so that's uh so that's a reference to titanic for anybody who didn't know um you at the end you wake up and you're swallowed in a giant 
uh, thing that's in the ocean, and it has various rooms named after body parts, and that is a reference to Pinocchio um, and the whale that swallowed Pinocchio. That's interesting. They do compare Arsenal gear to like a whale at certain points, I feel like. Yeah. And I did notice that it's like you're like in the upper colon part of Arsenal gear. Yeah. And you've got Terminator 2, obviously, with uh, the intro scene or Terminator with the intro scene uh, with the lightning uh, when he lands. Uh, That's like direct ripoff of that movie. Mm -hmm. But I was also reading, too, that um, somebody made the comparison of Godzilla versus King Kong for Snake and... Uh, Raiden, and I thought Chris would find that interesting. <laughs> so who's who? So uh, I, I Snake is Godzilla there. because he's <laughs> yeah. So so Snake is uh, Godzilla because he was um, created by science, and he is a man who's on a mission to destroy nuclear weapons, or in this case, Metal Gears. Whereas Jack or Raiden is a man who's made by nature, who's just turned into a monster. He has to come to the city to rescue his uh, woman, Rose. Uh, He actually comes to New York City on a boat, um, and they fight in the middle of the city. So, loose, but yes. I think I'm all in on the Godzilla uh, King Kong narrative here. I I mean, it's a different different podcast, maybe for the podcast for Odo Island, but uh, from Odo Island, but uh, that sounds like a theory of people who didn't really have a... Good grasp on what those characters actually represent and stand for, but that's that's a topic for another time. I think this is the one that actually does have the. Uh, it's either this one or the third one that has the Godzilla codec Easter egg, though. There's like one hidden codec channel in one of the Metal Gear games where, uh, uh, I think it's like the Colonel or somebody else basically explains like the in- the entire plot of like the original 1954 Godzilla movie to Snake, and he's like, "Oh, interesting. Okay." Because Hideo Kojima, I think it's the first one. I don't think so because I looked for it. I played the first one, but uh, Hideo Kojima is a well-known big Godzilla fan as well, as he has stated over the years. Yeah, it looks like it might be Metal Gear Solid Three on my cursory search of the internet. Oh yeah, Godzilla is immune to all weapons, and humanity has no way to stop the monster. And it's a codec conversation. So one of the big things about this game when it came out is that all the trailers showed Solid Snake as the protagonist. And then what you find out as you play this game is that the first two hours you play as Solid Snake. But then for the rest of the game, you play as Raiden, um, who is a new character that they introduced for this game. And the whole reason why they did that was Kojima wanted to... um, show i guess from what he said i was i was watching an interview with him is that he wanted to be able to tell the story of solid snake um and to do that he didn't think you playing as solid snake you'd be able to do that so he wanted to do the twist of um having raiden be the main character so that he could tell the story of solid snake i don't think he that's that makes any sense but (laughs) (laughs) that's just that's just me
Have you seen the, I'm gonna plug the Super Bunny Hop video because I just watched it. I rewatched it again before this. It's the uh, critical close-up of Metal Gear Solid 2 where it, it turns into this whole postmodern breakdown of the video game player's experience playing as Solid Snake and how Raiden is the analog for the player idolizing right. the action hero that is Snake and you like go through all these VR missions, but that's like a metaphor for you playing the earlier game. And there's like a version of this where if you complete the ti- the the tanker mission, which is where you play a sna- snake in the beginning, when you start as Raiden, he's like, I've done 300 simulations in VR on this. But if you don't play a snake in the beginning, there's that like line of dialogue isn't there in there at all. And he's like, I'm, I have to get my gear on site. Like he just leaves out the VR part. So it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty interesting breakdown. Yeah, and the theory there is supposed to be that. Um, when you're playing the tanker part, you're not actually playing as Solid Snake. You're playing as Raiden in a VR mission. Um, right. Because that's, that's what the whole thing is. Even like when you're on Big Shell, it's supposed to be set up like it's Shadow Moses Island again. And you're just, they're just creating another Solid Snake. Um, and instead of creating a Solid Snake genetically, they create it via a shared experience. And that's where the memes come in. And because this game's all about memes for some yeah, reason. Yeah, they're, they're inventing a very sinister Facebook uh, in Arsenal <laughs> gear. <laughs> yeah, so um, the collective consciousness of man has come alive, and they are actually the ones dictating people's actions. You and see, Mike, it, in the digital age, there's an overflow of information that no longer can help us shape our human identity and culture. And so the patriots have to get in there and kind of pick and choose our facts for us. Kind of the same way that Facebook presents our own little bubble realities, confirming to, and then the codec conversation goes and elucidates the rest of us in a two-hour cutscene. Yeah, it's uh, prophetic in a weird and uh, disturbing way. Because when I first first heard that line, here's like, they're not humans. And I was like, oh my God, they're aliens. And then you you like watch it again. And it's like, no, the Patriots aren't aliens. They're just the internet collective consciousness um, of all the information. And it's like, okay, this is, okay, this is weird. <laughs> This yeah, whole game and, is weird. And somehow and somehow born in the White House, but that's never really explained. Like I guess yeah. there was like a rogue server in the White House that uh Big Boss got into and somehow it unleashed memes on the world and here we are uh, on Arsenal Gear now. As yes, the, uh, but the surface of this game I was gonna say as the internet is yeah, uh, mostly first. as the internet is mostly porn, I feel like that is not the attitude that the collective conscious of the internet would take on when it uh if it ever ultimately came to be but um i i want to like cover one thing with like the raiden things i didn't play I, I didn't play any metal gear solid games back in the day but and like they weren't really on my radar but i even remember like when this came out and the raiden thing happened it was like like such like, a big like backlash and everyone hated it that like you know you were playing as raiden and not um solid snake and actually curiously from steve's point of view because you said you hadn't played the first one like did that twist uh, you know, did it mean much to you? Like, did it, did it seem out of it, place to you, or was it? It definitely, you know, it definitely landed because you know, because you, you like there was no tease of Raiden whatsoever, and so I thought I was going to be playing. You play like the t- first two hours as Snake, and you go through, and then you, and then you know, the tanker explodes, and Snake gets washed away into the river. And all of a sudden you start over again and you're like, it's like you're at the very beginning of the game again. Like the helicopters are coming in, you're getting the voiceover snake and air quotes is swimming into the base. 
and they're like they're kind of giving you like tutorial dialogue too so it was definitely very very weird and like not what i expected from a video game when i was 13 at all so it definitely landed and and like i knew enough about who snake was to be like why am i not playing a snake anymore who's Mm. this who's this blonde guy like what what's going on here um so it definitely landed i remember being taken aback but at the same time i was like after playing through the game and getting to the ending, like the the last section of the game was so mind blowing to me in two thousand and one that I was like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. this game is super fucking cool." Regardless of who the protagonist was. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, this was like for years after that. I was like, "Oh, video games, like they can like throw out some pretty crazy twists. Like they're just <laughs> as good as movies." Like, whoa. And I would always reference Metal Gear Solid too. It's like, have you ever played that game, man? So the surface on the surface of this game is it's a very simple like premise. The first the tanker is you play a solid snake and there is he's working with Otacon after the first game to help destroy Metal Gears worldwide because the I guess the plans for Metal Gear were leaked after after MGS1. Um, so like a bunch of organizations started building Metal Gears and he started an organization that was recognized by the UN, um, but not officially recognized by the UN that, um, is devoted to ending Metal Gear's existence throughout the world. Um, and so the the tanker section is him. He's trying to show proof that the U S is creating a new type of Metal Gear and he gets in there and all shit gets fucked up because Revolver Ocelot is there and he, is with a Russian army who just happens to be stealing this tanker at the same time um, that Snake is trying to get information on the, the new Metal Gear. And then you fast forward two years later, and the tanker that sank because Revolver Ocelot destroyed the tanker has been covered up into, it's supposed to be like an oil um, disaster happened, like the tanker was carrying oil and nobody knew about the Metal Gear. And so the big shell was created to... Um, suppressed an environmental disaster in the Hudson River where, where this all takes place. Um, and you are sent in as Raiden because the President of the United States has been kidnapped. Um, they also send in Navy SEALs and you're supposed to rescue the President. And then once you do, all shit goes fucking bonkers um, and you find out that spoilers for people, um, there is a giant metal gear called the Arsenal Gear underneath uh in the hudson river that is being developed to be the ultimate metal gear um and also control the worldwide flow of information at the same time and also be like an aircraft carrier for metal gears because there's a million metal gears inside of it yeah it's defended by metal gear an army of metal gear rays controlled by the russian like splinter army that they have recruited um, even though their leader is not working with them and is a cyborg ninja like Gray Fox in the first game. Um, and yeah, and then also the Navy SEALs that you mentioned, when they go in, you encounter a character that sure looks a lot like Solid Snake uh, right away by the name of Pliskin, and he's kind of helping you out the whole time. Um, it is it is a bizarre plot. Like 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 I said, like the, the reveal with Raiden definitely shook me, and it felt like playing through the whole uh, <coughs> big shell part of the game like constantly looking for like trying to piece together clues and try to figure out what's going on. Like even when the plot is really straightforward, like there's a whole section where you're trying to like defuse bombs and there's this mad bomber that you haven't even encountered yet, but you're like, okay, I'm a secret agent. I've met this guy who is basically Danny Glover from lethal weapon. And he's a bomb disposal expert. And I want to go around and you basically gives you a reason to explore the whole section of the big shell that you're on. 
Like right. it just felt so eerie and creepy and like you definitely weren't getting the full story. You have the colonel in your ear and he's giving you information, but like Raiden is constantly kind of questioning it and being like, how am I doing this? And you know that somebody has busted into this base beforehand too. And you also played the whole tanker section of the game to, in the beginning. And you're like, what happened with that? Like obviously right. Snake is, is not dead. So it's just and like... There's, and there's no oil because right. there, there was a, it was a military transport that was transporting Metal Gear. Um, so it's it's very yeah it's very like creepy in a lot of places like what is happening, and then like Dead Cell who are the bad guys in this which is the roller skating bomber um, known as Fat Man, um, and then there's Fortune and there's Vamp uh, those are the three members of Dead Cell. Uh, well, there's there's four I think uh, George Sears who is the president of the United States is also yeah. a member of Dead yeah. Cell. Yeah, Solidus Snake, like also solid known- and liquid. Also known as the uh, third clone of Big Boss, the original Big Boss, and another snake, uh, Solidus Snake, was the President of the United States for some reason <laughs> in it's, this game. Looking back on the first game, too, I, I think what surprised me most about that game is at the end, there's like some like connective tissue between these games where there's like a call between the President and Revolver Ocelot, and like they mention the Russians, and it's like they kind of set this up, and that was kind of mind-blowing to me to go back and play that and be like, wow, this game is bananas and i can't believe that they were setting it up a couple of years in advance because it doesn't feel like they were and so uh one thing i should mention too the russians are a pmc which is a word or a acronym that you should get to know if you want to get to know this video game series because in the future it will be all about private military contractors um and especially in metal gear 4 um this is a big it's a big thing the pmc's um, they come into it. Same thing in Metal Gear Solid Five. You're basically the head of your own PMC as a uh, right. big boss. Yep. So yeah, um, but yeah, Dead Cell. So they were, what, the first thing you have to do is defuse a bunch of bombs with this roller skating bad guy who is in a bomb disposal expert and he's big and fat and he roller skates and that's a Metal Gear boss fight. <laughs> he's he's also drinking like like wine out of like a cocktail like mojito it, type glass the whole time with a straw and an umbrella. It looks like it looks like blood maybe. Yeah. But it's not. I don't know what's going on there. It's weird. And then um, you have Fortune, who you never really fight. You just kind of have to dodge her ability for a while. But she has like a giant railgun, and you can't shoot her with bullets. <laughs> Yeah, the so. bullets just bend around her. She can't die. She's always going like, who will kill me today? And then all the bullets fly around her, and she's like, not today. And then she shoots a railgun, and guys explode. And then the third guy is Vamp, who is a vampire, maybe. I yeah, he's, he's a vampire who can run on water and... Move really fast, yeah. Yeah, he spins around and does, like, flamenco moves or something. I don't know. So his boss fight, I didn't realize this, but so he hits you with a knife. He throws a knife at you, but he throws it at your shadow. So if you shoot out the lights, he can't hit you. Oh, that's interesting. I just unloaded my grenade launcher on that guy. That was That's yeah. how that fight went down. Right. <laughs> that's what I did, too. Um, but, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's interesting twists to those boss fights, too. So, like... Um, fat man fight if at the end of it he like leaves a final bomb and it's you have to you have like a bomb sniffing device and you have to find it and it's it's like right near where he is and you're when you first play it you're like where the fuck is it and then you have to move his body and it's underneath his body like i thought that was pretty cool um for the final bomb disposal part but yeah a lot of this game is moving through very samey environments on the big shell 
Um, I found I found like the bridges all kind of look the same. The interiors kind of look the same, for the most part. Yeah, they're all like a series of similar like hexagonal or whatever shape it is rooms that are connected like in a ring around the big middle area, which is like a bigger room that you have to get into. So in the beginning, you're trying to get into like the hostages in the central area, and that's where the president is too. And you're just like kind of ringing your way around all the different bridges and such, and like the, the rooms look different, but they, they're pretty they're pretty samey. And there's some cool gimmicks in the game too. Like um, I thought finding the they they hide the bombs really well in the first section. Like you're they they put them in places where you wouldn't necessarily look unless you are like really looking. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then the uh, part where you have to find like the, the assistant to the president via the pacemaker when you're dressed as the oh yeah Ames soldier yeah. yeah I was I always liked that part yeah you, I liked getting like the the getup that was probably one of the things I messed around with I would like role play one of their PMC guys like trying to like be undercover doing their patrols and such as I was trying to get in there um, <laughs> they give you it, it's a little bit like a sandbox when you first get to the when you get to the big shell like the that's what I was saying before with like the the bomb disposal piece it's just there's like one bomb in each area and it's designed to make you go explore the whole area and you spend a good chunk of time in this it's actually two halves to the big shell so you spend your time in in one half and then snake is like oh I'll go explore the other half and do the bombs over there and then some bomb goes off and you can't get over there so you're like yeah and you, you never up. see you never see the other half of the big shell which I was like okay yeah when you finally do get over there you go to like two parts of it and that's it right and you leave um, but then you also have like the Nikita section where you shoot the missile and you have to guide it through the to- the, the tunnels to knock out the electrified area and get to the president. There's the Harrier fight where you fight a Harrier. Oh yeah, the Harrier fight. Forgot about that. Yeah, you have to fight Solidus and a Harrier and he loses an eye in that battle. Um, While Snake is there with like a grenade launcher hanging out the side of a helicopter, just like popping up, shooting a fighter plane that's hovering right there in front of him. <laughs> and the Harrier plane does not like even care about the helicopter at all. It's just trying doesn't, to shoot doesn't it. even try to shoot it down. Just trying to shoot you down on the bridge. Yeah. So um, and then eventually you get captured um, and you get taken down to Arsenal Gear, where wacky business happens. So. Uh, first off, you get like a repeat of the MGS scene where Solid Snake is um, tortured via electrocution. Um, and you get tortured as well, where you have to do the same button. It's like a repeat of it. And then you escape uh, th- through the help of Gray Fox, in quotes, who is Olga Gerlukovich, who is the daughter of the general of the Russian PMC, who's secretly helping you because she's part of Snake's organization. Or the Patriots? The Patriots have her baby, so she's oh, that's right. she's charged with keeping you alive because you were working against Solidus and his organization, which is against the Patriots. Right. So Solidus is trying to stop the Patriots. The Patriots control the world. The Patriots are basically like every bad conspiracy theory you hear on the internet um, about um, certain peoples. I'm not going to talk any further about that. Um, but basically QAnon, um, what they're like the QAnon wet dream, essentially, is what the Patriots are. Basically, less pizza, but just <laughs> as much deception and worldwide control. Right. <laughs> right. And so you are trying, Solidus is fighting them. You are going in there um, maybe from the Patriots, maybe from somebody else, you know, as Raiden. Solid Snake is in there because he is trying to stop the Metal Gears. Um, and he's not working for anybody but himself. Um, but yeah, so you go into Arsenal gear, um, and then you're naked for a little while, which is which was wild when I was a little kid, seeing this 
kid, or not even a little kid. I was like almost twenty. <laughs> we were we were about to when gra- this game came out. We were, about, we were about to graduate high school. <laughs> yeah, we were. Eight, I was eighteen. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still wild to see a naked dude on a video game. Uh, he never he never shows you his junk though. Never shows you his junk. He's always got his hands down there. He can't attack when he's naked. He's just running. Right. And so uh, when that happens, bro, there's though, been naked people in video games meet- since, since Rampage. Come on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't do like dodge splits with those naked yes. people in Rampage. Yes. Um, so you go around uh, at the same time you met Otacon's sister at one point who uploads a virus to Emma Emmerich. Um, she uploads a virus to also Roland Emmerich. Is that where that comes from? And Hal, uh, Hal, Hal Emmerich, who is Otacon, I believe. He is named after 2001 A Space Odyssey's Hal, as well as Roland Emmerich. Um, but you meet Emma Emmerich. She uploads a virus to Arsenal Gear, which causes shit to melt down in there. And suddenly you learn that the colonel that you've been working with the whole time is actually a rogue AI. That was assigned by the Patriots to develop a successor to Solid Snake via a simulation of VR training. And wacky shit happens. Like, the game over screen will appear, but you're not really gamed over. And it'll say fission mailed. The fission mailed screen. So famous. Um, Also, when you uh, get a codec call from the colonel, sometimes there'll be like, it'll like lay out the mission from the original game, the NES game, or the MSX game, um, and have those graphics there occasionally. Yeah, he pulls kind of like a Psycho Mantis thing where he tells you to like turn off the the console and restart it because because the game is breaking and you're like, Colonel, what? What are you talking about? And then like sometimes his face will turn into like a skull a little bit. It'll go translucent. And he'll just say some nonsense lines of dialogue. Also, having not played the first game, this didn't this didn't hit me the first time, but it's the exact same kernel from the first game, too, that he was talking right. to you. Yeah. Um, and then, like, uh, what else? Oh, one thing I didn't mention, about, like, the cool details. So whenever they tell, some, t- tell like, or, like, do a flashback to Shadow Moses, it's always in the graphical style of the PS1, which I thought was really cool. So like if they're showing you a video cutscene of what of the Shadow Moses incident, it's PS1 graphics, which I was like, this is great. <laughs> it's a VR. It's a VR mission that Raiden did. Yeah right. So yeah, um, and then you learn that this whole thing was just basically set up to train people to make a new snake. Um, well, and it's- not not just that, but also to release this like I don't know meme spyware facebook hybrid to control the flow of information in the digital age and apparently not censor everybody but provide context which is why it's the what is it the something for societal sanity selection for societal sanity yep but it was originally um at the beginning of the game it's called the solid snake simulation the whole game is supposed to be that right so when you're fighting all the the metal gear rays uh the former president slash current solidus snake is like it's actually for or no, no, he, he's the one who tells you that it's it's the uh, snake simulation and that this whole thing has been orchestrated to recreate the events of Shadow Moses. But then the AI in your ear that's like breaking because of the virus is like, no, actually, it's the control of information. It's extremely convoluted. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very convoluted. And it goes on forever. And there's like long scenes with like real video that like is like, this is the way the world actually is. Let me tell you what about this. And this is the way things are working. And it's just shots of like New York 
Yorkers walking down the street, like getting right. onto buses and like trash trucks going by. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you fight at the end of the game. Arsenal gear crashes into Wall Street and you fight the former president of the United States, who also is a genetic clone of Big Boss and a uh, basically the brother to Solid Snake on top of uh, Arsenal gear with a sword. And that happens. <laughs> and then he when you kill him, he falls onto the statue of George Washington underneath. I think yeah. it's isn't it like the New York Post Office or something like that? I forget what building it is or federal building or something. Um, but yeah, falls right onto George Washington. And also, um, also, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was I was watching. There was uh, like the European version of AGDQ was this week ESA. Um, so I was watching a speed run of it, and I don't know if you noticed this, but um, Sol- Solidus has an eye patch on one eye. Um, he gets it when you defeat him in the Harrier fight. He like loses an eye, and if you attack him on the side with the eye patch, he won't block. But if you attach attack him on the other side, he'll block. Oh, that's cool. See that yeah. like there's so many little details like this in this game. So many. So yeah, um, this is the game. This is a wild, convoluted game that we probably did a horrible job talking about the story. But this game is just fucking bonkers, and you should just play it for yourself. I think we did as good of a job as we could reasonably <laughs> be expected to do with with the material presented to us. Um, it's a weird game, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, like, I, I said it a couple of times, but, like, this game legitimately blew my mind as a kid and, like, made me think differently about the way video games could play and tell stories. And even if it didn't make a ton of sense, like, this game made me uncomfortable. Like, I remember feeling uncomfortable with all the, like, meta-narrative, like, you got to turn off the console and turn it back on and, like, oh, my God, like, every, the, the kernel who I've trusted the whole game is really an AI construct? Like, what am I even doing here? Like, then that's how Raiden feels, like, half of this game, too. He's like, what? He's just constantly, like, raising an eyebrow and being like, I don't understand what's happening. I guess I'm just along for the ride, which is basically what you are. Metal Gear is a weird series, Metal Gear Solid, um, for a lot of reasons, but the development of it is especially weird because I think they intended to make a second one. Um, but I don't think they ever intended to make anything after the second one. No, yeah, originally and, originally this was supposed to be the end of the series. Yeah, and so, like, I think 4 was even supposed to be the end of the series, too. I never, I don't think 3 was ever supposed to be the end of the series. According, I think four, ac- according to the Super Bunny Hat video that I just watched before this, all three <laughs> of those games were intended to be the final game, and they just kept going. So it's like a true Hollywood action movie. It just keeps going. And also, like, a lot of the stuff that happens in 2, they retcon in future games completely. They're like, this This is just was part of the simulation. And they're like, just forget about it. Ever happening. Yeah, don't, worry, don't worry about that. Uh, Raiden is now a cyborg ninja um, who's, like, more machine than man. Uh, he's basi- that's, he's, that's his he's thing. Basi- he's basically Gray Fox now. Um, basically, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, like, people love him now. Like, he's he's a beloved character in the series as opposed is, to when it first came out. He is much cooler now than he, he started when he's just, like, whiny Jack who's talking to Rose. Oh, my God. So many conversations with Rose in this game. I just got to throw that out there. I mean, I know I know the codec conversations are always a little much in these games. But every time you got to save, Rose is like, do you remember what day it is, Jack? And she's like, he's like, no, I, I don't remember what day it is, Rose, for the 10th time. <laughs> yeah that's that that whole bit is like i'm like just fucking tell me what fucking day it is i would i would be playing this game and lana my wife would be sitting in the other room and she'd be like drama (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah and then like weirdly this game was like super meta and had like a really weird storyline 
And then they brought out the third one, which was like wicked grounded compared to uh, two. It's like well, they were just like comparatively Fuck all that so. Shit. Yeah. yeah, grounded for Metal Gear, and that right. like they're not breaking the fourth wall, and everybody turns out to be an AI. Right, right, right. right. So we'll eventually get to three. I have, I've, this is the second time I've played through this game, which I'm glad I played through it again. Um, but I've played through three already t- twice. So um, I'll, we'll eventually get there. But yeah. Yeah, this is the, I want to say this is the third, maybe the fourth time I played this game. Maybe three and a half, something like that. Um, three, I only played the one time. So I'm excited to get to that one. That's like a, that's like a Bond movie. Right. And the boss is a great character. So I'm excited to actually get there. Very cool. Naked Snake. Um, yeah, so just to get into a little bit of this, um, 96 on Metacritic um, is what this game is. One of the top-selling games in the PS2 of all time. Um, one of the things, I, when I was watching video of this game in the lead-up, uh, not really when I was playing the game, but kind of when I was like watching some of the speedruns and some of the video of it, is that I was like, oh, I can totally see how Hitman, like the new Hitman games, were influenced by this game. I could see that. There, that that's that sandboxy element to right, it, where right. it's like there's some stealth mixed in. You can do like shooting if you want, but it's not really meant for that. Um, third person exploration, and there's just kind of like people on like their paths that you can interact with. Like that's right. that's how the guards are in the game. Um, also, one of the things is like a big thing with Kojima is that um, he designs all of his games so that you don't have to kill anybody. And in fact, if you don't kill people, you get a higher ranking at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. I was very against killing people the first time I played this. This time, I was like, you know, things get a little hairy. I'm just going to have to like, start blasting. Yeah, even bosses, all the bosses up till Solidus, you can just knock them out with punches um, most of the time. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a very cool game. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's as good as the first one which leads us into our ranking conversation as we add it as our 113th game our list goes from super mario 64 all the way down to um home alone for the sega genesis at number 112 um so i don't think it's as good as the original metal gear solid does everybody agree with me I talked about this on on our our Discord channel. I have way more nostalgia for this game, obviously, because I played it when I was a kid. Versus Metal Gear Solid, so it's hard for me to it's it's hard for me to pick that apart from it because like this felt really really familiar, and this probably blew my mind in the way that a lot of people had their minds blown by the original Metal Gear Solid. But I, I do think that that like how convoluted the story is compared to how clean the first game is and how that like referential this game is to the first game too. Like you're, you're recreating shadow Moses. So here's the first game. Here's, here's what started it all. Um, yeah, it, it probably is the better game. I think I was wondering like, is this directly underneath metal gear solid or are we going to drop it down a little bit more? And the more I played this game, the more I thought that maybe it, it's not quite on the same tier, but I just have a ton of nostalgia for it. The one thing I'll say about the gameplay is like, and especially the environments, in Metal Gear Solid, the first one, you go through like a ton of different environments that change up the pace of the game. So you go from like um, landing and you're on like a helicopter platform when you walk into like you're in a factory and then you have to fight a tank and then you go into like a smelting area and then you're in a freezer and you're in like it's like the the areas change a lot when you're working through metal gear solid one and the environments in mgs2 are largely the same and i think largely even very similar to the first game like 
especially the interior design of things. Yeah, you're in you're in like a supervillain's base basically. So it's right. it's that. But even like yeah, you're right. Like the the tanker part of the game when you're on an oil tanker versus the big shell part, you're in like metallic hallways with like windows on the Hudson River. Um so it's pretty similar that throughout. Yeah. I would also say too like the most different part of it, the arsenal gear, there's like two action sections in that whole part. But they are the most action-packed sections of the entire game. Yeah, they're just like, shoot everybody now. <laughs> just you and Snake with infinite ammo headband just taking out cyborg ninjas. I'm pointing to my head, infinite ammo. He says at one point, it's like, oh, this game got really meta, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, Raiden's like, you have, a, you have enough ammo? And he just goes, points at his bandana and goes, infinite ammo. He's like, welcome, welcome to the video game, kid. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, I, I like how, like, there's a lot of little details in the second one. But at the same time, like, I think that they go way more. I think there's way more codec conversations. I think, like, the action is, like, every five minutes there's action. And then every 20 minutes, there's, like, 20 minutes of codec or dialogue. And that's, like, way more than the original game, too. Yeah, that's probably right. So I haven't really uh, said anything for, like, 20 minutes because I didn't really hey chris play, how, are you, how, are you doing? how are you doing and a lot of that was because i just haven't like you know whether i like this better or not the first metal gear i will just say when we did the first metal gear i which i had never played until i played it last year for this pod i uh very much championed it being at number three this game i started four times uh played for about 10 minutes and found something very frustrating about that experience each of those four times and just said, you know what? This is not a genre for me. I don't think this is a game for me. And start, I, I felt like it, it, like, from a control standpoint, I thought it did not feel as tight or as good as the first one did. I didn't like how the tanker hallways, I thought the camera was so tight that uh, I felt like it just it didn't lend itself to as much of a fun experience that I had playing the first game. And then, like, that first, like, God, even, like, the engine, like, you guys were just talking about, like, the long codec conversations, like, that opening one is just so long, and I just remember going, like, I don't, like, I didn't like Otacon as a character in the first one, and I don't, like, it was, like, Snake kind of reeked of, I don't know, some sort of bad characterization that was, like, even more out of date in, like, 2021, and felt even, like, more out of date and like the second game that did in the first game. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I don't think this is like a franchise for me. So what I, specifically about what, what specifically about the gameplay? Um, so it was like, you mentioned the tight corridors, but what, what was specifically turning you off? I think it was a, a combination of a lot of things. It was like, I kind of felt like um, when you first get into the hallways, it was, it just seemed like that uh, I was getting spotted by people who were just, like, right off camera or, like, barely on camera. They were, like, partially obscured by, like, a wall or a door, and I couldn't, like... And it wasn't like you could see the shadow or perhaps my shadow was going there. I just... I was just kind of like, oh, it was like that just didn't seem... I don't know. It. it, it I just, think the camera is, like, a common, a commonly cited complaint in this yeah, game. I definitely just, uh, felt that, too. It felt like there was, like, times I was being spotted that felt very unfair, and I'm not usually one who tends to, like, complain about those sort of things. I just try to go, like, okay, I was, like, you know, that was probably just a botch in my part or something like that, but it was, like, whenever I kind of went back to it, I was, like, 
okay, that doesn't feel very good. The first person aiming and shooting doesn't feel very good. And it was just like one of those things. It was just, I just, uh, you know, I, was, I wasn't playing it because I really wanted to play it. I was playing it because we were doing it for this. And I think that was probably the wrong mental approach to probably have. But, um, but stealthy games also aren't a genre of games that I enjoy a lot. So I think, I think I'm the wrong person to be playing this game. I'm not trying to disparage it because I understand like what it does, you know, or at least what I, from what I hear it does well. And I would have really liked to have gotten more into the, the free will themes and stuff like that, that it tries to discuss and explore. That would have been interesting to me, but as a game and for myself personally, I just, I, I did not mesh with it at, at all. And I was like, you know what? I was like, this is not where my time is going to be spent, but. I, I think that, um, you know, it can be a little bit turn off. I think the big thing that happened that between one and two is there's that first person aiming that wasn't in the first one. Um, and Steve, I don't know if you, you'll, you won't know this because you played the twin snakes version, but like you can't see first person perspective in the first game. If you play on PS one, um, it's just, uh, and there's no like first person aiming on the right. PS one. I knew that I was actually going to make like an interesting Chris, before you kind of brought up that point, I was going to say points for this game versus the original game. Cause I did play the twin snakes version of the first game where they kind of backwards map some of the gameplay elements from two under there. And I was going to say that was a point for me towards Metal Gear Solid 2 over Metal Gear Solid 1. Like, having that first-person perspective, having that little bit of camera, like, difference between the first game where it wasn't just third-person, I feel like is a step forward. And I and I appreciated that about the first game. I feel like I would have had a hard time playing the first game without it. So I was curious, did you play, Chris, did you play the Twin Snakes version, or did you just play the regular PS1 original version? Uh, for the first one? Yeah, yeah. I, I played the uh, the original PlayStation release for the first one. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, I I also didn't mention this, but um, one of the big innovations for this game also was the laser sight was like not in games before this game, like the aiming with a laser sight down thing and seeing I, it. I remember that. I feel like I remember that from the box art where like he had the gun up and there was a laser sight on it and being like, Oh, cool. <laughs> Very cool. Laser sights. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think that just metal gear solid one is a tighter, tighter game. Um, story wise, like the flow of the gameplay, like this game has like the weird tanker section and then you go into the big shell and, then like there's like even in the big shell there's like whole areas where you don't get to explore and they get sectioned off from you even though it's presented it's like here's this big sandbox you actually only can explore half of the big shell and then you get to like arsenal gear which is supposed to be like this mammoth metal gear and you go down two hallways and you go down a tunnel yeah there's weird there's like narrative things that happen too like playing the first game later but for this podcast like liquid is the main bad guy in that and he's referenced in this game, so I knew who he was. Like, I knew, like, uh, Ocelot gets his arm, and he gets, like, taken over by Liquid at, in the beginning in the tank. But they never, they never talk about that. Right, that was gonna, yeah, exactly. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> and when you finally fight all the Metal Gear Rays later, and you're fighting the President, then Revolver Ocelot, like, comes out and tries to steal one again, which is pretty much what Liquid does in the first one. But then in the middle of it, he gets taken over by Liquid, and then he jumps off into the water, and then Snake dies after him. And it's like, what the hell's going on right now? Like, And then he's never heard from again. And if this was supposed to be 
the like final game in the Metal Gear saga at some point. It's like, what the hell did you do with Liquid? Like, right. why why even put him in the game? He doesn't need to be in the game. I kind of hate also like the fact. I always hate when games are like, hey, first game, your bad guy, Liquid Snake. He's a clone of you, and you have to fight him. And he's like like the evil version of you. And then the second game, they're like, hey, you have to fight an even even eviler clone of you who's buff and has uh, Dr. Octopus tentacles for some yeah, reason. Yeah, why does he have Dr. Octopus tentacles? Um, yeah, there's there's some, I think it's some part around the Harrier fight where he's like, uh, uh, he says something like, I'm solid as Snake. You, I'm a whole different version of you. And Snake's like up in the, the helicopter looking down on it and Raiden's on the bridge. And it's it, like, it felt like such a cheesy, I mean, there's a lot of cheesy lines in this, but it was like, what does that even mean, Solidus? Like, you're just liquid and solid at the same time, and you were the president at some point, and you have Dr. Octopus arms? Like, you don't make sense as a character. No, that, right. So, where does this go? Um, Who knows? This, I could don't, be, I, this could be the first game on the list. It could be the last game on the list, depending I, on where you want to focus. Um, I know you just played Shadow of the Colossus. How do you feel about Shadow of the Colossus versus this game? Oh, me? Yeah. I gotta say, I am digesting Shadow of the Colossus right now. It is also a weird game. And it has, it's long perplexed me how much of a wall it's been for other video games. And I kind of get it, but I kind of don't get it. So I need to play more of it. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, I would put this over Shadow of the Colossus in some respects, just because I think this was this was one of the most hyped games of all time. It meant a lot to me. It it was my entry point to the Metal Gear Solid series. Um, It's got more going on than Shadow of the Colossus, too. Shadow of the Colossus is like a surprisingly simple and limited game, I'm finding. Right. Which I which I kind of knew going in, but it's interesting just playing it. But I, I need to play more with it. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hate on Shadow of the Colossus too much because it is it is a cool game. Um, but it does. I mean, I guess I should say it kind of feels like Metal Gear Solid should be somewhere in this Shadow of the Colossus neighborhood. Like I don't think I want to put it too close to the original Metal Gear Solid, so it's a tier down. And Shadow of the Colossus is at nine, so you know you're kind of like looking in on the top ten at that point. I could see it going underneath because I mean I don't think. I mean, who knows with Shadow of the Colossus, but it doesn't feel as convoluted as Metal Gear Solid 2 is, which I could see it being a turnoff. Uh, you're a big Halo Combat Evolve fan. Does this go above Halo Combat Evolved? <sighs> Man, in 2001, you know what my two favorite games were? Halo Combat, Combat Evolved and Metal Gear Solid 2. So, yeah. tough tough call. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think that the, the overall gameplay of Halo Combat Evolved has aged better. Um I also think that the whole multiplayer element of Halo um, in general is gives it a, a bit of a leg up. Um, that's that is to say, like I was more way more thoroughly entertained by the story and the characters in Metal Gear Solid Two as compared to Halo. Yeah, I think the gameplay, even if we were kind of hailing it as a as a step up over the original Metal Gear Solid with like the first person and everything it is super clunky even today and even like trying to map it onto like the new metal gear solid games like five just having this as like the bedrock of it it's right. like why did you put these buttons in this way like i don't understand right. um yeah and then and to the shadow of the classes point like that is considered like video game as art to a certain extent and i and i don't think you could make well actually i guess you could kind of make that argument for this game i guess it <laughs> depends how much you want to you want to read into like 
the the subversive narrative of Metal Gear Solid Two as like a plus to the game versus a minus. And like, I think uh, the Metal Gear it's, franchise it's a, as a, a strange whole, one. I think it kind of you know. I think there's a bit of a crutch on like these Hollywood Western movie influences. And I think with something like Shadow of the Colossus, there's more of a unique narrative and story being crafted there. And it's like, I think you can kind of see the Western blockbuster influences through these games. And I think that's a, I think, I think Shadow of the Colossus should, I think the originality there should be, um, from a story narrative like, standpoint, I, I I give it the nod. <laughs> over, I over haven't the... I haven't gotten to the end of the story yet, so I don't I can't speak to that. But it does. I mean, I don't think that Shadow of the Colossus is so so original. Maybe in like the limited scope of what it's trying to do, but it feels very Zelda like. It's like stoic Zelda, basically. That's kind of I my think, vibe uh, to it right now. I think. Yeah, I think to when you complete the game you will reflect a little uh, bit more yeah. differently on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm on the 11th Colossus. I'm working. Okay. My way <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so do we want to put this in between Halo and Shadow of the Colossus or do we want to put it? Um, Cause it sounds like that's like the zone or do you want to put it? And it's really up to you. I think you, there's pluses and minuses for Halo, but I don't know if it necessarily goes above Shadow of the Colossus because I think that's such a unique experience yeah. for me personally. So, And I could see it either way. Like, I'm not a huge, huge fan of Halo, but I know it's super important. And I also know that like even the gameplay holds up really well. Multiplayer holds up really well. And again, like the story in MGS2 is is very good. So it could go either way. What do you think? Where do you think it should go either 10 or should it go at 11? Yeah. I, I mean, just working back from that a little bit, like I think it, I, I put it above Bioshock at 14, Super Metroid at 13, Final Fantasy four. Can't speak to that, but let's just say it goes above it. Shovel Knight, really, really cool game, but not as like monumental. So yeah. And Halo, I mean, I love Halo, but I, I, I think I want to give the nod to this. I mean, this definitely has a little bit more, more uh, under the hood than Halo does, even though Halo's gameplay has probably evolved better over the years um in the multiplayer format so yeah I, let's let's put it at, at the new number 10 that seems good all right we can do that we have a new number 10 game on our endless list a new top 10 halo is pushed down to number 11 that's too bad because i'll still play, I'll still play halo bit. games but i'll probably never play a metal gear game again but that's too bad but how can i you don't well i think you should come back for I, three yeah. maybe i i do think I do think like the thing with with three that they do is that it's a lot more grounded, and then also they change the camera, so the camera is not like a limited factor, and also the environments are way more open, so you won't have the problem that you did in the second game where it was too tight and you get spotted. Like the spotting is up to you, and they also have a system with camouflage where you can hide yourself in pretty much any environment. So. That is something you should it's, consider. It's almost like the exact opposite of this game. It's like wide open jungle levels where you have like, you know, you can kind of approach any level any way you want by basically like manipulating the environment and sneaking your way through it. So I know there's the stealth game element, but I don't know. Yeah. Let's let's burn that bridge when we get there. Yeah. Ask ask me in a year. <laughs> so, so which I'll probably... We'll ask you in a year. We'll ask you in a year. And I'll, I'll probably remember this and I'll probably go, nah, I'll pass. Hey, you're you're a big ba- Bond guy, right? Um, I guess. No, I mean, I like the movies. Yeah. 
I mean, it's basically a Bond movie. It's trying to be, at least. It's like a Japanese Bond movie. Yeah, that's about <laughs> right. T- Timothy Dalton or uh, Sean Moore? I think it's more of a Sean Connery, if I'm going to be honest about it. No, Roger but Moore. Like, think, Roger like, Moore if, if he was more Sean of a commando. <laughs> I would say it's like a Roger Moore, almost. I think so. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely not Timothy Dalton. Those movies are terrible. Those Timothy Dalton movies. The two of them? Is there two of them? Yeah, no, it was, it was a weird time in the mid to late 80s. It's like they ran out of money for James Bond for some reason, <laughs> but we're getting off track. <laughs> um, Barbara Broccoli, you need to step up your game. Uh, well, she did eventually, but... Yeah, I mean, Pierce Brosnan was a great Bond, so they figured it out. And then Daniel Craig, I mean, it worked out. Great! Uh, oh, I love I love Pierce Brosnan. Listen, just, do you see just, Goldeneye on this list at number seven? <laughs> Just because you grew up with it doesn't make it great. I, lo- I love me some Pierce Brosnan. Goldeneye Pierce is one of the best was, ones. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the best Bonds with uh, not the best movies outside of Goldeneye. But that's probably that's probably true. Yeah. And then Daniel yeah. Craig is also yeah, one of the I best agree. Bonds with fifty uh, percent of uh, batting average of uh, <laughs> good Bond movies. But nevertheless, we will be back next week with a, another game, Chris. Do the big market tease, if oh, you would. Oh, God, we're playing Yara's Revenge, which I probably have already played more this week than it took you guys to beat Metal Gear Solid 2. So, <laughs> so I'll, Next week I'll we'll be, be adding more our, another, another Atari 2600 game. I think it's our second one. What was the other one we did? Pitfall. Did we, oh, we did Space Invaders. Oh, Space Invaders, that's right. That, yeah. So our first, I think, uh, 2600 exclusive game, mm. The Irish Revenge, mm. what's just coming next week. But yeah, stay tuned. But thank you guys for joining the podcast this week. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>